Welcome to the COO's Corner podcast, episode seven, the podcast exploring success factors in the world of business operations. My name is Tamar Nelson, your host and a specialist in the area of operational resilience. And today we are calling out toxic leadership. We know that (laughs) it's a very hot topic and it really affects our operations, our people. And you know, if you have been listening to the episodes, you know that my belief is that people are the core of what we do and both people and operations work together to create the best outcome for the organization and affect every aspect of business. Leadership is critical to success and growth in any organization. And if it's toxic, the effect can be debilitating and can even result in permanent ceasing of operations, right? So it's everywhere, right? Um, organizations are full of what we call toxic leaders. And it, it doesn't have to be that way. Our guest firmly believes that as well. In today's episode, we'll delve into the topic of toxic leadership and how it not only not only to how to identify, but also to eliminate, right? Yes, eliminate toxic leadership. Jeff is going to tell us how. From our operations, from our organization, and with us is Jeffrey Costa. Jeff is the founder and director at, at Level Up Courses. Jeff has over 30 years of experience in developing and leading high-performance teams. He's very passionate about developing highly effective leaders, as well as ridding the world of toxic leaders. Jeff, welcome to the Corner. Tamara, it's a pleasure to join you today. And as you said, I am very passionate about your topic. Yes, and I'm thrilled and we are thrilled to have you today on our podcast. And we're curious to hear how this unfolds. In our yes. last episode, yes, in our last episode, we looked at culture and how it can be used to, to stem the talent and recruitment trends that, you know, as we undergo what is deemed the great resignation and we're changing that to the great opportunity and the great transformation. And you're gonna continue that discussion today, right? And yes. seeing that, you know, toxicity can put a severe dent in an organization. Statistically, figures show that toxic leadership is responsible for a 48% decrease in work effort and 38% decrease in work quality. Another survey that was done by Life Meets Work Consulting revealed that the scary number that as large as 73% of turnover is due to toxic Mm. leadership. Yes. And Another survey showed that about 90% of all hospital visits are majorly stress-related problems like heart disease and, you know, if, you know, for persons who are persistently exposed to stress, that can also lead to diseases such as cancer. So this is serious. Jeff, yes. break it down for us. What is, what is toxicity first and foremost? You know, Tamar, I think, you know, toxicity covers a broad a broad list of behaviors. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it um, I, I think uh, 
one of the things I was going to share with you is you know, I talked to a lot of people and you start talking toxic leadership and almost everyone has their toxic leader story. Oh, yes. Let me tell you about the toxic leader. And the stories are all different. And I think a lot of times in our head, we think about maybe that toxic leader, maybe somebody that yells at, at employees and, mm-hmm. and really has that kind of that outburst. But I think toxic leadership probably happens in a lot more subtle ways in, in, throughout the organization. And I just really like how you introduce talking about culture and how culture is so important in an organization and, and the leadership and how, how leaders behave is probably the key driver of that culture. Right. And, you know, I, I think about a, a lot of subtle things. Here, here's an example, I think, of a, of a more subtle thing that I've observed. Uh, we're at the t- end of the year. We kind of, you know, finished up last year, starting the new year. A lot of organizations, I suspect, are doing year-end employee reviews. Mm-hmm. You know, how did you do last year? And if you go back a couple decades, if, if, if the listeners remember a gentleman named Jack Welch, who was the CEO of General Electric, yes. he had a philosophy that, that organizations should try to trim off the bottom 10% of employees every year. Hmm. Some people still prescribe to that, and, and I've witnessed that, and I've witnessed organizations that say, you have to, you have to find this bottom percent of employees and give them a poor rating and tell them they have to improve. And I've seen what, what, what makes it toxic is when frontline leaders go back to those employees and say, oh, by the way, you failed last year. <laughs> but they never had a conversation with those employees throughout the whole year to say that they had done a poor job or they needed to improve. Right employees will get very confused. And I think that's an example of subtle toxic behavior. Right. Because you, you are, 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 if you're doing that correctly, you should be talking with those employees every month and saying, hey, I've observed this about you. Here's something you need to work on improving. Let's talk next month and see how you're doing. If you do that and you get to the end of the year and somebody's not performing well, they won't be surprised when you say, hey, you didn't perform very well last year. Right. If they're surprised at a year in review with, with poor performance, you've got toxic leadership going on. Hmm. All right. So you're just, you're going into my next question now. How do you know when you're in a toxic environment? The defining signs. So you just mentioned um, some, you know, a subtle way, uh, you know, and when I spoke to, persons they gave me a long list <laughs> of things yes. that they that they would define you know well, well how would you how would you put it together in your own in your words you know, I, I think in a in a lot of ways a lot of toxic leadership behaviors are driven out of fear mm-hmm. and leaders that are not prepared to be in the leadership role. Mm. And I think they react to they, they react to those situations in toxic behaviors because they don't know how else to deal with those situations. Mm. They've not been trained, they've not been taught how to be effective leaders. Yeah. 
And they by default fall back into those toxic behaviors of, you know, maybe being arrogant or being irritable, uh, some, some of those type of behaviors. Yeah. So when I, when I asked a few persons in preparing for this podcast, what, what are the defining signs or what do they, um, you know, what would they say is a toxic environment? And, you know, I just share with you and who are listening in, what are some of the things that they came up with? Sabotage. It's all about ah. hierarchy and titles. You know, we, yes. they, they lead based on feelings and emotions, never facts. Conversations yes. are not had. Recognition is lacking. Ignoring excellence, praising incompetence, insensitive, yes. low morale, um, provocation and control, lack of accountability, favoritism, incompetence, lies. Wow. Yeah, how about, yeah, Tamar, <laughs> how about this one? How about arrogance? Mm-hmm. Arrogance, where, where the leader thinks that they're always right. And maybe you've heard this saying, you know, a leader might might say it's my way or the highway. Yes, yes. I would, I would also share that one of the, just in speaking to somebody earlier this week, uh, one approach is what they call, um, you know, they, they trick you into believing that their idea your, is your idea. So yes. you know, what, what color would you like this to be in? You know, everybody says, you know, it should be blue. Say, yes. What about purple? Let it be purple. Yes, we all agree. It's purple. Let's go with that. Yeah. yeah. Team. <laughs> you know, so I think I think you see, I, I think you see arrogant leaders versus people that are all modest, um, that they don't always have to think that they're right. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you get that, I, I think the basis for some of those arrogant behaviors goes back to what I said about leaders being fearful or maybe incompetent. Uh, that's one of the responses to the fear and incompetence is I, I'm just going to rule with the iron fist. Yes. Yes. And, um, you know, talking about, you know, where it, it originates from, uh, one of the things that in terms of improving processes and operations that we use is a methodology called the five why principle that we ask why, why, yep. why is this the case? You know, why is it that we have, you know, persons displaying it? And you mentioned a few things, the fear and not knowing how to lead. Um, could it also, one of the things that I have seen is, or come to the conclusion is a lack of structure in the organization as one of the root causes. Have you found this to be true? Yeah, I I think so. I mean, you, you, you observe some organizations and I think you've got leaders with a a couple things. One, you might talk to them and they have so many things on their plate Mm -hmm. that they're just trying to keep their head above water and effective, effective leadership that, that leads into toxic behaviors just kind of ends up coming out. Uh, you know, I think a lot of times, like one example, I go back to, I, I'm, I'm really uh, big on having w- monthly one-on-one meetings with employees. And, and if a leader would tell me, I don't have time for that, I would say you have your priorities out of line. That there's some other activity you need to figure out how to give up because that as a leader is one of the most important things. So I think a little bit that people get caught up in the busyness of their job 
mm-hmm. and forget that if they're a leader, the most important thing they are is a leader. Um, I, I like that point, not getting caught up in the business of your job. And you also yeah. mentioned something very profound, and that is the, the importance of communication. Ah, uh, yes. Right. Um, I also, I remember speaking to someone some time ago and their theory is that there is no toxic environment or any toxic person. What would you say to that? <laughs> how, how about if I would clarify and say, maybe to some degree, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I think what you what we see are toxic behaviors. That's correct, yeah. And so, you know, the person itself, the person's not toxic, but the behaviors that they are displaying is what is is perceived as being toxic. Yes, yes, agreed, agreed. And I think a lot of times there are um, misconceptions and, uh, you know, you know, this, you know, persons come to conclusions based on conversations that are never had. Ah, uh, yes. Right. So yes. I, I think the, the communication is a huge part of it. And it's and, and I think that 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 fear that you spoke of earlier can also be just fear of having somebody some hard talks, some hard decisions, yeah. you know, get into some, get into the serious issues, you know. I, I don't like when you are, um, you know, this is something that, um, you know, this is this is where oh, I view things, or I would like to see things and, you know, come to some yeah. mutually, mutual ground where that is concerned and move from that place. But when you don't deal with situations immediately, our persons are allowed to frame based on what they observe, yeah. which not be the whole picture. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I agree completely. And I think I'd you know, maybe say it with different word is that, that I think a lot of leaders don't know how to give and receive effective feedback. Ah. And I think it's, I think we're saying the same thing. Yes, yes, yes. And I, and I think it's that that's where I think there's some breakdown in communication in that leaders don't know how to how to give good feedback. They don't know how to, you know, one of the things, one trap, and we go back to being people being busy, yes. is the feedback that leaders give tends to be all negative. Mm-hmm. Like, tomorrow, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, you didn't do this. Or or if, a, classic, if, a classic case where you might give a commendation just to give, you know, a reprimand yes. right after. <laughs> yeah. And so, so that communication style, that type of feedback is not effective because like what you just said, you're keeping score, right? One for one. I'm, I'm going to give you one compliment, but then tell you something you did wrong. My thumb rule, <laughs> my thumb rule is you should at least give five points of positive feedback to every one negative and maybe more. That's, that's, that's excellent. I love that. That, that and makes so, sense. And so I think one, and so leaders don't know that the leaders that I talk to, they don't know, they've never been told and taught these things. And so they don't know that. And so 
the feedback they end up giving is negative because they have to give negative feedback to make the organization move forward. But it's a difficult conversation because they haven't built that relationship of positive feedback. You do, he did these 10 things really great. And I didn't just tell them to you the minute before I told you the bad thing. We've been talking all along and I've been giving you positive feedback and positive feedback. And oh, by the way, here's an area where I think you need to improve. It'll be received so much differently than if, if you only give negative feedback. And so I think, you know, going back to what I started with is toxic behaviors aren't always me yelling at you. Yes. They're me not communicating well with you and not giving you good feedback. The other side of the feedback is as a leader, how willing and open are you to accept Mm -hmm. feedback? Mm -hmm. And one of the stories I love telling, I had a, had an employee a few years back was probably one of my favorite employees of all time because we had a relationship where he would give me very honest feedback. And I was the boss. Mm-hmm. And if he thought I was wrong, he would tell me I was wrong. And I appreciated that feedback. It was so much more valuable to me than have somebody that just said, oh, we love everything you do. Because mm-hmm. that's not good for me as a leader. I'm not helping you at all. <laughs> and but you don't get there just right away either. You have to build that relationship with people. You have to kind of have that interaction all the time to build that. So, I mean, you, you want to talk about how to get rid of some toxic behaviors. You start doing those things and a leader can avoid a lot of toxic behaviors. Wow. I, I, I love that. It, it When I heard you speak just now, it sounded like, you know, building a muscle and keep, strengthening that muscle yes you stop strengthening it and flexing that muscle then you have muscle atrophy and you lose that so it's something that has to be done continuously that's also something i have to believe in continuous improvement it's not a sprint it's a journey it's something that we have to do all the time for this work yes (laughs) i love that and i and i really can see how, um, you know, getting to the root cause of why this happens in organization, we can see the solutions in terms of yeah. what, what needs to be done, right? Um, but are there, Jeff, organizations or situations, rather, that are unredeemable? That yep. And what 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 does this look like? <laughs> and what do we have yeah. to do? I think what I usually say, you know, it, you know, if, if if you're looking at at some uh, toxic leadership behaviors, and let's make an assumption that the top leaders in the organization are on board and saying we we can't have that. Uh, I, I think you you know my effort would be: can we correct those behaviors in, in that leader? You know, can we, is there some techniques training that we can give them and are they willing to change? If they're not willing to change, I think it just gets kind of flat out. If you want, if you want a great culture that you open the show with, if you want a great culture, you cannot tolerate those kind of people. So they need either need to change or go away. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that, that I've talked to a lot of people, I think that that's, easy for me to say. I think it's really difficult to do. 
Yes. And this is something that you would work with all the time, you know. This is not an yes. easy thing to do. And um curious though, Jeff, just a side note, how what 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 motivated you to go into this area? <laughs> yes, yeah, so like, well, hopefully you can hard. tell that I yeah, hopefully you can tell I am passionate about this. Um, you know, just the background, you know, I've been in a leadership role for probably over 30 years. And the last 15, the role that I've had has been a leader of leaders. So the people that work for me have direct reports. And so in, in my mind, for me to be successful, I have to identify, develop, and hire the next leader. And I want to have great leaders working for me because it makes my job really easy. And so I've just developed this passion around how do you find people that are, are exhibiting all the characteristics of a great future leader, how do you work with them to develop and then hire them? And I've just done that for so long and know how critical it is to have those great leaders working in an organization that it's just kind of become my passion. And, you know, I think, you think about legacy, you know, I, I love, I love talking about legacy as well. You know, how are people going to remember you and I when we're gone? Yes. Yes. And, how I want to be remembered is I left the organization in great hands with great leaders. If that's all I'm remembered for, I'm going to say I was successful. Lovely. That's commendable and an awesome story. And we're happy to have someone like you, Jeff, out there helping organizations to be free of toxic behaviors. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but I, the next question I have for you, say we are, I am in an organization and there is toxic leadership behaviors everywhere. And, you know, how do I avoid, you know, turning into that person? <laughs> I, I, that's a, I think a great question. We probably talked a little bit about it in that, you know, the, the, the behaviors I would would have have leaders model are, you know, you talked about communication. How do we make sure we we're giving giving and, and receiving good feedback? Um, you know, I think that um, another word that comes to mind is is people having leaders with integrity that are going to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's probably a number of techniques around around things that leaders can do uh, to avoid becoming toxic. You know, one of the things I wanted to make sure that I shared with the listeners today was I think it's really important that we, we talked a little bit about how do you, how do you try to fix that toxic leader already in place? And I think that maybe you can do it, but it's difficult where I really think the opportunity for organizations is as you're bringing in new leaders, let's make sure we set them up so that they aren't in these toxic behaviors. And one of the things that, that I see happening is the people that get promoted into leadership roles, the reason they get promoted is they were star performers in their job. Yes. <laughs> they they, they, they knocked the, knock the ball out of the park, and that's yeah. why they got promoted. Exactly. And one of the things that happens when they go to make that transition what they find out is the things that made them a star performer don't work as being a star leader. Mm. They need to focus their time differently. 
They need to think about work differently. One of the things I've observed with new leaders is a lot of times they feel like they don't do any work because their work is different than it used to be. Exactly. <laughs> it's not a transactional thing. And it's, it's, it's making sure everybody else is, is supported to do what they need to do. So I think one of the things smart that happens is when if people come into leadership roles and they don't realize those things, they can quickly go down a path that'll lead them to starting to have those toxic behaviors. Mm. You know, if you can start talking to them about, here's what you need to do as a leader. Here's how you need to use your time. Here's how you need to think about work and start them down that path and give them some tools around. Here's how you build relationships with people in your, in your, both your direct reports, your peers, people above you, um, there's, a, I think, a fairly easy set of tools that you can set people up to be very successful. Awesome. But if you don't get them early and they start down that wrong path, the further they go down the path, the harder the, our job gets to be. I can imagine. So, <laughs> so, so, Jeff, would you agree then that, um, you know, a big chunk of it can start at the recruitment stage in terms of yeah. who you hire, but also how you nurture that talent yes. as they grow in the organization. And each time they level up, pun intended, yeah. yes. <laughs> that you also nurture the leadership, the, the different roles that they need to play and, um, you know, traits that they need to have, for example, you know, as, 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 Leaders, we're talking about not not just, as you said, transactions. We're talking about engagement, listening, mentoring, coaching, uplifting, and finding and removing roadblocks so that they can have yeah. the organization can have breakout success. I think that's that's really what we are about, and not really operating or leading from a zone of fear, you know. Yes. And um, I also firmly believe and I, I want to share this with listeners as well for us not to pass on the toxicity to others let it stop with us that those behaviors yeah and I, like I said I think that to me is where the true opportunity is for organizations if you can if you can do all the things that you just mentioned with that new leader over time you can start driving toxic behaviors away away right right yeah and even if you experience it don't don't pass it on to those who report to you or other stakeholders you know be the person that you you know you should be yeah <laughs> you, you know um yeah you know just some of those you know some of the things that i like to teach now i wish i would have been taught sooner that probably is true for a lot of people, but I always one story I love telling. I this was a long, long time ago, but I got a new job. I was a I was a finance guy, work budget stuff, and I actually got a job as a construction manager. Wow. So we were doing construction work, and I didn't really know much about it, but I got the job anyway. And yeah. and it was just interesting because the first employee of mine that I ever met, the first thing that anybody ever said to me was, "Just what we need a pencil pusher." <laughs> And and oh, encouraging. Yeah, exactly. Oh, thanks for the warm welcome. But but you know, I, I how I responded to that, I took that really as a personal challenge to prove that guy wrong, that that's not what I am. And 
I think I worked really hard, probably through a lot of trial and error to learn some of these leadership things. And, um, you know, the end of the story, when I left that, that area, I had a different employee that, that actually approached me and said, you were the best boss we ever had. Awesomeness. <laughs> and, and I just love that story because, you know, people, when, when leaders come into positions, people have all kinds of assumptions about what they know, what they don't know. Um, and we can, we can prepare leaders to be successful. And, and, and I want leaders to be able, when they leave positions, to have employees come and say, you're the best boss I ever had. Not the, I'm going to quit this place because I hate you. <laughs> I know, I know. Usually when you get that promotion, your, your, your legs are all wobbly, you're, you're unsure of yourself, you feel like you're not enough, the imposter syndrome sets in. And, yes. You know, it takes a while to kind of get a grip, especially if you're not... Um, you know, weren't, weren't prepared and you have yes. to think out yourself and there is no support or um, mentorship or coaching happening. It takes a little bit longer, but if you can get to that place, I mean, that's where the, the, the growth happens and it is a beautiful place to be. <laughs> it, it is. It definitely is. And, and it's, uh, I mean, it's some work to do that, but it's certainly something we can do. You know, and you, you think about you know, I, I like how you opened the, the show where you talked about the statistics on turnover and, and the impact, mental health impact to employees and, and kind of there were some other stuff that you mentioned. All those have a cost attached to them. Mm-hmm. And the cost is not small. That was one of my next questions, right? You know, what is this cost to the organization? Because from past research, just on the employee, just for persons to exit the organization, it's 33% of that employee's annual salary. Yeah. Now, that's just those who exit, but there are other costs associated with toxic exactly. organization. So what is that figure? How, do you have any research on that? I don't. I just know that it's big. I mean, the, the number I've seen for when you have actual turnover for salaried employees, even as higher, I think I've seen numbers higher than what you just said, where it's potentially one and a half to two times their annual salary. By the time you, by the time you, you know, recruit somebody new and bring them on and have to train, them, I mean, to the cost is big. And I don't have numbers on this, but I think that the, the, the numbers that you can't put your hands around are even bigger. Yeah. The amount of productivity that you lose because you have disengaged employees because of toxic leadership behaviors. Uh, the, the, so you're getting less work done. People are less engaged. And you, know, you even mentioned you have people going to the hospital because they're so stressed out because of the situation. Mm-hmm. You know that there's an enormous cost associated with that. And I'd I wish I had a number to give you. And I, I don't, I just, trust me though, I think the number is huge. It's not ever captured and an organization doesn't really understand how expensive it is to just consistently be under this toxic leadership mentality. So an organization probably wondering, they have all the systems in place, their operations, you know, it, it, to, to be highly productive and 
it's not happening and why? And they're probably wondering why. And the answer may very well just be, uh, you know, with toxicity and the toxic behaviors in your organization. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think it's- There are significant savings to be had, uh, but it's always easier said than done. And often we know that we have these toxic behaviors, but how do we get persons to acknowledge that need now? Yeah, I think, you know, in organizations, you I think you have to get the top leadership engaged. And if there's that problem, you know, probably like many things, they have to acknowledge that there's the problem and be committed to, to fix it. And we've talked through those things, you know, how, how, how successful maybe you can or can't be with existing leaders and maybe some need to move on. Um, I think I think if you don't have that buy-in of top leadership, um, organization, for the whole organization, you are going to struggle. But I would say this, that if there's, if there's leaders that are listening that maybe run a department or a division or something and their organization kind of plagued by what we've been talking about, I just encourage them to not lose hope that even if the broader organization isn't doing some of the things we've talked about, they still within their department or within their division can still do almost everything that we've been talking about. They can make a difference in that group. And so while they may not be able to change their whole organization, they can change what they're responsible for. And I'd encourage them to say, here are things we can do to make a difference in my department. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds like a great strategy in terms of coping mechanisms is to create that environment that, you know, we would want to work in. That'd be that person that creates that, that change that we want yeah. to see, right? And, um, yes. you know, are, are there, though, Jeff, other coping mechanisms that persons can employ, um, you know, probably in, in changing how they think about the environment, et cetera, um, you know, speaking up? Yep. Yeah, I think speaking up, I mean, you know, one of the other things that I think people can do is make up their mind that they're not going to get sucked into the sucked into the drama around toxic leadership. And, and I think I'd say that with, it's easy for me to say that to you, maybe not so easy to really do that. Um, but I think that's something that that someone can do is like, I'm not playing those games. Yeah. And, um, and then I think, you know, some other things that that individuals can do, um, you know, I think trying to push you, know, we talked about having kind of regular one on one communication meetings, mm -hmm. maybe a toxic, maybe a leader has some toxic behaviors, be open to doing that. And you can start that line of communication with that leader. Um, I think that one other thing that individuals can do is, you know, all the behaviors, you always kind of think it's kind of interesting. We talk about leaders as, as people who have a title of a leader or manager or something. But, you know, I think if you really step back and look, everybody can be a leader in a certain way. And even those individuals can lead and model good behaviors in the work group around them yes. um, that can have a positive impact they may not fix that toxic leader or they may not get rid of that toxic leader, but they can have an impact on the people around them. Right, right. True. 
I remember hearing a quote. I, I don't remember if it was you I heard it from or read one of your posts or something, but uh, people inspire you or they drain you. Pick them wisely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't and, remember uh, if I wrote that or not, but yeah, that's good. <laughs> right? And and so we really have to take a measured approach when we're dealing with um, toxic personalities and yeah. um, to, you know, you know, modify our strategy, that, you know, how we would approach it. So we're looking at, as you mentioned, not joining into the whole situation, um, talking, speaking, having that communication, sticking to the reality, understanding how we feel about the situation and how it's affecting us. Um, yes. You know, walking away, if possible, staying neutral. And it's so important to speak up <laughs> and yeah. not internalize all of these things because we know the effect that it can have not only yes. on our mind, but also on our body. And we, we don't want that, especially in these times that we're, we're working and operating. Yeah, well, yeah, there's so many other stress things in people's lives and, and uh, yeah, to add to it at the workplace is uh, not needed. Yeah, yeah. And, and are you seeing in your case, Jeff, any observed changes that have been happening in the organizations in the last two years or so with the pandemic situation? What are some of the trends or changes that you have been seeing and how can we address or deal with it? Yeah, it. Um, yeah, that's probably like three more podcasts. Ah, of, okay. We need to come back about the, the cliff notes, the summary version, <laughs> one, the one minute bite. You know, <laughs> I think, I mean, I was, I was actually talking with a colleague this afternoon, and one of the things we were talking about is, I think if you if you go back three years, there were a lot of organizations that were really reluctant to, to have people working from home, working remote. We didn't trust people that, and we thought they were going to goof around if, if they didn't show up at the office. And I've never really prescribed necessarily to that, because I always kind of, people are going to goof around, they're going to do it no matter what. You have to trust your people, but not everybody has that philosophy. And so I think organizations were reluctant. And then, you know, there was one day, all of a sudden it was like, okay, now we're all working at home. And, and I know not all folks out there work at home. You know, we've got construction people and, and first responders. There's a lot of people that didn't get to say, oh, I get this, I'll just work at home, but a lot of office folks working at home. And, um, I think one of the things we learned is that if you're apprehensive, at least my experience was, if you're apprehensive that you could trust people to be productive and effective at home, yes, you can. I think we, I think we prove that. I think some of the challenges, the concerns I have, because we're probably going to see this stay this way, even after we come out of the pandemic, the concerns I probably have uh, for leaders are, if you have new employees, how, how do you effectively onboard them? How do you effectively get them trained? And always the example I like to use is say you and I are sitting next to each other in an office back, back three years ago, and I'm supposed to be learning some new software and I can't, and you're, you're experienced at it and I can't remember what button I'm supposed to push. I can yell over the cubicle and say, hey, Tamar, what, what button was I supposed to push? And you'd tell me, and, and, we, and we'd be building this relationship probably throughout the day. And I think we've lost that. I think we have a big risk of losing that because now if I have that question, I've got a Zoom call you or call you on the phone. I'm probably not as likely to do that. So 
my concerns are onboarding, training, and team building uh, in this remote work environment. And I know it can be done, but leaders are going to have to change how they thought about it because it, it's going to be more difficult. It's going to take a little more creativity. You know, one of my uh, one of my colleagues runs a uh, runs an IT development group, and none of the people that work with him, he's ever never met him in person. Two of them are in Dominican Republic, and the rest of them are in India. Wow. And so I know there's people that are probably listening that say, ah, oh, we do that all the time. We manage these remote teams. And, you know, so, but I think there's a lot of leaders that haven't been in that position that have a lot to learn from those people on how do we manage remote teams and how do we accomplish good team dynamics and all those things that I've just been talking about. I think those are some of our biggest challenges that have come out of this last two years. Yes, yes, they, they are indeed. And uh, I'm going to draw on your construction uh, and do a, you know, il illustrate using a, a building, for example. You know, yeah. I think, you know, we have this structure that is built and the pandemic came along like an earthquake and a shaped yeah. building. But if this um, structure doesn't move with the waves or the shock, uh, what will happen is it will have cracks and it, will it goes, it falls, right? Yeah. So we, we have to be very flexible to bend and sway yeah. with, with the waves, so to speak. And even, you know, we, we don't want to be rigid or stand straight because we're going to break, we're going to crack. And when yes. that bend happens, it's okay. We can rise again. We can, yes. we'll come back <laughs> up, but it's important for us. To, to realize that we are in a turbulent situation. We are in, a, in uncertainty, yeah. we are in a disruptive period. We're still in it. We're not out of it. And what I'm seeing is, um, you know, based on, on, on organizations that I've worked with and seen is that we're holding on to all we are doing things. And yeah. we have to do differently, be different. Yeah. And get exactly the that we want. And I think it's a great opportunity, even though it's very difficult to go through. And, yeah. um, you know, I think employing all the tools and tips that you have given, you know, we can thrive. We can thrive. Yes, we can. We can. We just I I love how you said that. We did we need to just learn how to do things differently. Yes, yes. And you know, by doing so, we'll see Jeff the opposite of toxic which is, you know, motivated and engaged employees. Yes. Right? And, you know, what would, what would that look like, for example? What, what would that look like, an organization that is not toxic? I think, you know, let's, let's paint that picture so that we can visualize. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 think that, I, I think that's great. It makes me think of kind of what I've called uh, the dream team. Mm -hmm. that, that I had a few years back and we had, so these were leaders. Um, a lot of the things we talked about today, like I gave that example of, of my former employee that would give me critical feedback. I had a whole team of people where we, we built a really high functioning team. We were willing to give each other feedback, ask each other the hard questions they were very innovative. We tried new things. We were, you know, some awesome. were successful, some failed. That team 
I call the dream team because there were things in our organization at that time that others told us can't be done. You can't do that. It's impossible. And this team did it. And, you know, to be a part of that team, it was maybe something for me that was like once in a lifetime special. Wow. Wow. That you had, you had this group that, that, um, were highly engaged and you know, kind of just the exact opposite of all the things we just talked about. And, and not only, not only was that team really good, but the broader organization because of that was very engaged and we were able to accomplish things people said we couldn't do because we had the behaviors that were the opposite of being toxic. We were engaged, focused, and got a lot done. So you were bold, you were able to boldly go where no one has gone before, right? In some awesome. in some things, yes. So we're looking at meaningful work, um, taking initiative on tasks and projects. Um, you know, not just working towards a bonus, but yes, that's good too. <laughs> and uh, you know, the emotional commitment to the work and continually learning and seeking knowledge and persistently you know, achieving not only the company goals, but their personal goals as, as, as yeah. well. And I think that that is, is something that, you know, any, every, anybody listening in would want to work at a place like that where everybody's working towards a common goal. And, you know, it's a beautiful thing when it does happen. And we, we you know, one, of the, one of the tools that I love teaching uh, that I use is called the ladder of accountability. Ooh. And it, it comes from Stephen Covey's book, the seven habits of highly effective people. And when I talk about that dream team, I think every one of us had that pinned on our bulletin board in our office. And, and what it was, was just a way, when you started talking with each other, um, you probably know how it is in organizations. You can, there's always something you can complain about, mm-hmm. you know, like, Oh, you know, we you know, complain about this or that. And I'd, I'd sit down with, with those leaders and we might do that. I think all of us probably do a little bit of that, but what was special about this group is we would do it for a little bit, but then somebody would eventually say, we're not being very accountable. And, and a lot of times would actually turn to their bulletin board and point at that tool and say, we're not very high on the ladder. We need to climb on the ladder. Let's figure this out. Nice. And, and, you know, that's a really different dynamic than dealing with some of the toxic behaviors we talked about. It's like, you know, you know, I think it's easy to kind of wallow in the complaining. It's yes. like, we do it. And I don't think, I don't think it's right to say, never do that. It's just probably not realistic. The key is, is don't stay there very long. That's right. That's right. You, you said it. That's that's perfectly true. Uh, yeah. we, you're human, so we will drop drop down there, but we have to pick ourselves back up and 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 focus on the good things that we want and reframing how we think about the environment. I think that's a, that's huge because when you reframe how you view the organization or the situation yeah. at hand, you realize that automatically the the people and you know, even the conversations, everything changes when you, when you change, you know, how you view things. Yeah. And so, you know, it just, I'm gonna, I'd like to just hit on one more thing about that is when you have, when you have the right behaviors in place as a leader, 
your direct reports can point to you and say, tomorrow you're not very high on the ladder. And how you respond to that statement says a whole awful lot about whether you're kind of in that toxic side or not. Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, if, if you can respond and say, you know what, you're right. How can we fix this? That's where you want to be. If you respond and say, how dare you criticize me? I'm the boss. We lose. You know what I just heard you say? Humility. Yep. <laughs> we have to be humble enough to accept those criticisms um, and use them to become a better person. Yeah. And I think that's a, that's a great note to, to wrap up um, this discussion, which we could have a three-part series to Jeff. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but before you go, I'm not letting you off the hook without this question. So okay. when I ask all my persons I interview, I, uh, I believe that there is great power in the questions that you ask. Yes. So in your career, Jeff, as a leader for over 30 years, what's one question that you, you frequently use when you're working with teams to get the best outcomes? My favorite thing is maybe not a question, maybe it's a statement, tell me more. Ah, nice. Um, I, I, I love that statement that uh, when you're having a discussion with somebody, um, maybe they're maybe they're having some kind of a problem and they come to you and they're looking for help. Um, maybe they have an idea. I just love that. It's just like I'm willing. I want to listen. I want you to tell me more. Expand on what you're telling me. And um, I, I find that so effective um, in getting people to be engaged, to helping. I, I like it. I like to help people solve their own problems. And um, that, that probably, although I probably evaded and didn't really give you a question, that's, that's my number one thing I like to come back with. Tell me more. I love it. And I'm sure our listeners also uh, found that very useful. I think I'll be using more of that. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad, I, I'm glad you like that. Yes, it has been a phenomenal discussion with you, Jeff. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, experience, and insights with us today. You're welcome. Yes, and um, to you, our listeners, we want to thank you so much for your time and your support. And I hope you got massive value. I know you did from this episode. Jeff is definitely the man to take <laughs> away toxicity from the organization. You can see his passion coming right through and you can reach Jeff um, on LinkedIn, or yes. you can reach him by visiting his website at levelupcourses.co. Yes. Learn more about his work. Right? That'd be great. Yes, and I'm sure there is a, a, a ton of resources there and, and a lot more that we could speak about. So please, you know, speak to Jeff some more on that. And you can reach out to me at Tamara, TamaraNelson.com or on LinkedIn at Tamara-Nelson if you would want to be a guest or to share any feedback or suggestions you may have. I'd love to hear from you. Also, please share and subscribe if you found this to be valuable. Give us a thumbs up or leave a rating on Apple. Please join us again for another information-packed episode. Until next time, as we say in Jamaica, what good. Thank you. Thank you too.